From local to global, we bring you the best conversations with your favorite athletes and Olympians. This is the Olympics.com podcast. In the world of the Olympics, the one year to go countdown is ginormous. Yeah, it's just a date, July 26th, but it is a seminal signal that Paris 2024 is coming. Less than a year now, but for the athletes, for the fans, for us in the media, and certainly for the Paris Organizing Committee, it's kind of just around the corner. It's the 100-year anniversary from when Paris last welcomed the world, this time promising an out-of-this-world opening ceremony. Way ambitious and very cool. A living, moving ceremony flowing on the River Saint right through the City of Lights. Much to do for the organizers and, of course, for the world's athletes. We are now in the qualification process, with more coming as 2024 arrives, right up to the month before opening ceremony, July 26th of 2024. Being like, oh, we're here in the beautiful city and just getting to wrestle in, in a, what an amazing location. Joining us shortly to dream on is 32-year-old American wrestler Adeline Gray, hoping to make her record third Olympics which would at least tie the record for the most Olympics for an American female wrestler, easing the disappointment from a Rio 2016 quarterfinal loss, Adeline rolled to a silver medal at Tokyo 2020. One of the personalities of wrestling in general, but specifically women's freestyle, but she is back where she belongs on the podium. Adeline Gray, the United States of America. She's got a whopping six world championship gold medals, so obviously the Olympic gold medal is the major motivator for her these days. Of course, her work on the mats of the world is just part of the life Adeline Gray lived. Likely her greatest accomplishment is giving birth to twins, then returning to the sport she loves. When speaking of the role of women in the world and in the wrestling world, there's no gray area. It's her life's work to continue to push for greater representation, more equality for women in wrestling, and a better environment for women to compete in. And uh, her life boasts even more bells and whistles, which we'll talk about right now. Olympics.com podcast. So happy to welcome Adeline Gray to this Olympics.com podcast. Thanks so much for clearing out uh, some time in your new house. Uh, that's, that's exciting. It is. We're really happy to be in a new location. It's just for one year, and so it kind of feels like a vacation year. Good. And uh, before we get started, a key question. I imagine with twins, you know where they are at the end of the night, at, at night and first thing in the morning. You know exactly where the twins are, right? Yes. <laughs> Whether it's on a camera or me just being one of them or both of them, it's pretty, uh, pretty typical for me to know where they where are. Where are they now? They're with their grandma, oh. actually. Um, yeah, so uh, they, uh, I just saw them on the camera. They're doing well. It's nap time currently, so they're in their cribs taking a little nap. That is so cool. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that as we roll along. But uh, So we're, we're one year out to Paris 2024, and, and it means so many things to so many of you who either have been there or dream of being there. Uh, so it, can you put it into words when I say, you know, we're counting down now? <laughs> Yes, the countdown has begun, and, and it's uh, it's interesting because the countdown kind of started for the Olympic trials process a while ago. So I've been counting down till 
you know, making my world team and come back counting down to the world championships. And then now we're counting down to the Olympics. So it's an exciting uh, run up and, and the Olympics wrestling is going to be at the base of the Eiffel tower. So I just keep thinking about that, looking up and being like, Oh, we're here in the beautiful city and just getting to wrestle and, and a, what an amazing location. You must've seen my, my list of questions. Cause my next question would is uh, what does Grand Palais Ephemer in Champ de Mar mean to you? And you just said that that's the venue, and and it is indeed. Well, I'm just telling you. <laughs> so what does that mean? Is that mean? Uh, is that the, the, the Yeah, the Grand Palais Ephemer in Champ de Mar is the name of the wrestling venue. Yeah, we actually had the French team in recently, and it was uh, that's what they just kept saying. They're like, it's going to be the best location for any wrestling competition ever. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and it's it's part of an incredible uh, city, obviously, and with with what they plan to do, all the venues, many of the venues are going to involve some of the most iconic things that you know make Paris what it is, and and you're just kind of right in the middle of that. Yeah, it is. It'll be special. Well, uh, and uh, have you been to Paris? I have, yes, a handful of times. We've done a couple acclimation camps at the training center just outside, um, and then I've taken a, a two vacations there as well. So it's it's a wonderful place. I know it's cliche to say Paris is people's favorite, but it is such a wonderful place to be. I really enjoy the food and the people, and there's so much to do that it's hard not to love it. But my family hasn't been there, and so it was a big push. I was like telling them, like, we can just go on vacation. I don't need to wrestle. We can just go there and enjoy Paris. And they're like, no, you should wrestle. So we have a reason to go to Paris. I'm like, okay, I guess that's a reason to wrestle. A <laughs> <laughs> little extra uh, familial pressure, huh? Yes. <laughs> How's your French? Oh, terrible. Okay. I don't think I speak anything. So okay. well, you heard, you heard me try, so we'll, we'll just leave it right there. Uh, it, it, what, does, uh, what does it mean for you to, to be an Olympian? Being an Olympian is, is truly special. It's something that I strived for for a very long time. And, and once I got that title onto my name, it, it had a sense of pride to it and just, and, and a validation of all my hard work. Um, I have a, a fellow Olympian from Canada who said she was the same athlete that she was prior to being an Olympian, but all of a sudden people got it. Like it was this recognition and this, this ability for people to comprehend that why we're dedicating our lives to it. And, and people understand that they understand professional sports. And, and I think women sometimes are included in that conversation, but in the Olympics, we are, and people understand Olympic sports and professional sports when it comes to women. And so adding that Olympic title to a female name provides this validity that, that the world understands. And, and I think it helped me kind of fill into those shoes of like, yes, I am here. I am a professional athlete. I am, I am a woman who gets to dedicate her life in this career. Once an Olympian, always an Olympian, right? Yes, uh, never <laughs> and, and opening ceremony, you know, uh, it was quite a bit different in Tokyo, but Rio gave you a taste. And uh, and, and now to, to be able to, you know, if, if everything goes well, I, mean, I don't want to, you know, you have a, you have to earn it. <laughs> but uh, have you dreamed about being back in a scenario where, you know, fans are there and it's it's sort of a return to the way it used to be prior to the pandemic? Yeah, you know, Tokyo did the best they could under the circumstance, and we we really 
um, try to make it the best experience. And Team USA had a really good like metal couch there for wrestling. And so coming out of that, there was like some mixed feelings, to be honest. I mean, there were some moments where we were like, wow, this was great to have. And it felt a little bit more like a world championship, but I didn't get to see any other sports. I didn't get to go to opening or closing ceremonies. And I missed out a lot of the pieces that make Team USA Olympians, Team USA Olympians. Like we got to be this big powerhouse Olympic team. And I didn't feel like I was part of that because we were kind of separate and in our own place. And and we didn't even get to be part of the combat sports, even though we were like in between um, our sessions, we could hear boxing or judo having their finals. And we were just listening to the fans cheer and we weren't allowed to go to the other room because they had different protocols. And it just was heartbreaking to be that close and not to be part of those other experiences and other stories, because there's such amazing stories and fun atmospheres and competitiveness that we got to draw from. And we didn't get to do that in Tokyo. So I think there's a, a big contingency of athletes that are headed into Paris, excited and looking forward to getting the full experience of the Olympics. No question about that. And for those of us who covered the Olympics, uh, I mean, and, and the venues were beautiful in Tokyo and, there, and nobody there. It, it was, it was yeah. really, really sad. And the Japanese fans are so wonderful. And I've, I've competed there often. And, and honestly, they, they have such an amazing wrestling team for women. Um, their lower weights are just incredible. They, they are just so dominant. But their upper weights, they don't have as much depth. And so I be, felt like I was a little bit of a fan favorite. So I was looking forward to having that energy and excitement about an American competing on Japanese soil and kind of being the people that people were cheering for. And, and unfortunately, I didn't get to feel that. And so I, I'm looking forward to having some momentum um, just behind my story, behind wrestling and getting to go out on that bat and have the full fan experience. I won't ask you to give us all the, the crazy little nuanced details about the qualification process. But in the big picture, uh, the world will give you a spot if, if, if that happens. And then if not, there's, there's a whole nother series of, of areas, ways you get in, right? Yeah. So uh, essentially, like I made the world team this year. Right. So this was my 10th world team that I've qualified for. Um, and I've medaled at nine world championships or, uh, or eight world championships. Hopefully this next one will be the ninth. That's <laughs> so there's okay. really I, I love the way you just added it up. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in there. <laughs> so hopefully I, I've gotten pretty good. At, I haven't lost a match at world championships since 2013. So I've gotten pretty good at world championships. I feel like it's my time to shine. Um, so I, I do have to place top four there essentially to get a qualification spot. And then once that will be the qualification spot for team USA, and then we'll have to go to our Olympic trials in April and I will have to win there and then I'll be on the team. And so that's kind of the steps that we will take. But if we don't qualify in uh, world championships, there's a couple other tournaments that we can go to, but you have to win them or take top two. Um, so it's a lot more challenging of an event, but the world championships are the cream of the crop. So that also is a very major tournament that we'll all compete at. And, and everybody brings their best. I feel like every country sends their representatives at the Olympic weights and makes sure that they're prepping to be in a position where they can go and win medals at the Olympic games. No doubt. And you're, by the way, you mentioned all the medals, but you're also the only six time world champion in USA history. And I wonder if that makes, you know, a possible Olympic gold, even, you know, uh, it, it might be the cherry, right? <laughs> 
on top. For sure. I, uh, you know, I, I've been to two Olympics. I didn't medal in my first one. I got the silver medal in my next one. I've been to 10 world championships. I have six gold, two, two bronze and a fifth place. And it's, uh, it's been an amazing career. So whether or not I win in uh, Paris, I think it's uh, an amazing experience to be able to have dedicated this much time and energy and have this much greatness and winning. Not everybody gets to experience being at the top of the world and knowing that they perform to be the best that day over and over again. And, and being able to repeat that is tough and it takes some consistency and luck and sometimes timing just doesn't work out. But uh, I think this cycle is going to be in my favor with uh, being a little bit shorter of a quad. Um, as long as I can stay healthy, I really think that I can make some big strides and be a contender for, for Paris. So you've been wrestling since you were six, but, but soccer came first? Yeah, I actually, I played soccer for a long time and I have two sisters who played soccer in college. And so I always tell people like, I thought I was going to play soccer in college and the wrestling kind of stole me away and was like, we think you're going to do this for a while. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And then I am now 32 years old with a full family, two degrees, and I'm like still wrestling. I can tell you that I wrestle against really tough women now and I compete and train and get to be an elite athlete with an amazing group of people that a lot of us came from backgrounds of having to compete with boys and boys are fast and strong and technical and have a love of the sport that they've been able to allow us to step into this room. And now we're moving past that word of allow to embrace and have our own field where we are competing and thriving in. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to, you know, make any more of it than what it was. Uh, it's just that that's that's your story. That's part of the process. And it's the same across a lot of sports that ha- that took a while to become uh, sort of uh, enlightened. Yeah, and I think that's a transition of all sports. You see basketball started with very small and then you compete against the guys and then you get your own league tennis, I believe is the same. And I think everyone kind of finds their footing into this and combat sports just happen to be this, uh, little niche that we, uh, are following that same path of competing against the guys. And once we become big enough that that growth really takes off and allows us to kind of branch off and create our own, our own little world. You mentioned the growth of women's wrestling, uh, and, and, you know, I read in, in some of the research that, I mean, as an indicator, there was no uniform made yet for women when you started. And, uh, and, and that's in your past now, and, and you're focused on a, a much higher calling, and you have a platform to speak to, to young girls, athletes, whether it's wrestling or not. And uh, that's quite a quite a showcase you have. Yeah, I know the growth within women's sports is amazing. And it's uh, not just wrestling that it's happening in, but it's all sports. I think you're seeing it with the World Cup. You're seeing it across every dynamic. I know basketball this last season saw a lot of investment from companies that were getting behind them and showing them that this game is worthy of watching. And it's been like that for a long time. We just need to have the buy-in of of getting people to get used to seeing women in sport and, and having people have that attachment and having little girls grow up dreaming about being professional athletes because I don't know if we always have had those dreams. We see it as like, oh, I'll play sports for a few years 
maybe into college, maybe even a few years after. But I think now you're seeing people who can have entire lives that are within these sports. And a lot of my teammates who are men um, started their families. They started their companies. They, they're still living their lives. They not only got their degrees, but they're taking that next step in life and doing this sport and athletics as professional athletes into their 30s. And I think uh, it's awesome that we're getting women to do the same thing. You you've mentioned some of the areas that that the that you're satisfied with uh, the growth of of women's women in sports and particularly wrestling. What areas do you still need to keep pushing, and and are you pushing? <laughs> Yes, I think there is still a huge push right now for women in sport just uh, to to see that we treat men and women differently when it comes to athletics. And and you, uh, I see it often that you'll see a young girl come in and her, she's like, oh, I don't know if this, this is kind of hard. I don't want to do it. And her parents don't give that extra little push where if that was a young boy, I've seen it over and over again. The parents are like, no, we're going to stick out the season. We're going to keep trying it. We're going to, we're going to reintroduce something else. We're going to get creative and find you a, a place that you fit in and that you feel comfortable and you feel like you can make growth and, and dream in this little sport that you have. Um, and that takes effort. And I think we just have to teach parents and support systems how to encourage women to find that that little niche of their sport. And and it's going to take an entire culture to kind of come behind us and, and celebrate the women at the top and show them that there is a path and a place for us to be limelight athletes and then those little girls can start to dream about those paths and and then the parents have to encourage and foster those those relationships with sports and and relationship with fitness and their bodies and there's so much wonderful like so many wonderful things that can happen um when you do find athletics for young women and i I think that we can uh have those be positive things for everyone no doubt and that sort of dovetails into the whole this whole notion we're in an age of of much greater awareness of mental health and, uh, you know, taking stock of where you are and it, it's okay to take some downtime. You know, it's, it, I remember when I grew up, you know, I suck it up and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a whole different world now, um, is, is enough being done there. I think there's a really good push for, uh, like, mental wealth is what I have a friend who calls it, uh, working on just that. Yeah. Working on your mental side of it. And I, I attribute some of that to women. I think women have a more in tune piece to their, their, uh, just kind of biology. And so there's a lot, there are a lot more women within sports right now. And the previous generation was a little bit more suck it up. And so I kind of thank women for coming into this sport and making it more known that that mental health pieces is, is important and valuable and okay to talk about and it's okay to be vulnerable with those situations that are hard to deal with because it takes courage to step up and be like I'm not okay right now and I need to fix that or to take a moment and check in to see how you can fix the situation so you can be okay moving forward and there are great examples that are happening within the Olympics and with professional sports that I think we can learn from and and get on a training plan the same way that we train our bodies we can train our minds whether that be meditation or just some self care and self-care doesn't always feel good. I think that's just like fitness where just because you, it doesn't, you don't always want to do the workout, but it is beneficial for your health and for your well-being for long term, not just within sports, but in your life. I'm sure even you uh, at the top of your uh, sport have had moments or weeks or, you know, time when you're just not right. Uh, I mean, everybody has it. What are the key things for you? Um, 
you know, I'm sure maybe during the pregnancy year, I mean, I remember my wife three times, you know, it's a lot to stay, stay positive. And, And even though you know that this tremendous bundle is coming at the end, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, I think all of it's stress management. Like I, I gave birth to twins um, it'll be a year ago, just a few days. <laughs> um, and that's an amazing experience. And to go through pregnancy is is hard. And I couldn't believe how often, like I consider wrestling and training for wrestling to be very difficult. It's, it's taxing on your body. It's taxing on your mind. You get tired, you get sore, you have places that hurt that you have to figure out how to adjust. And like, Honestly, I don't know if I'm talking about wrestling or pregnancy when I describe that. And so (laughs) wrestling training and pregnancy felt so intertwined where I had to figure out how to eat differently. I had to figure out how to hydrate. I had to figure out how to adjust my weight so that I was following the path of growing twins in my little body. And it just was a, it was an entirely different world where I had to be very, fine to myself because I couldn't do certain things and I had to be very restrictive, but that also fell in line with what I did for my training within wrestling and for the Olympics. Like I had to be consistent. I could not make mistakes and slip up and forget certain things. And, and that was for the health of my two little babies that I was growing. But, um, within my career, it felt very similar. Like you make too many, you just, you have to stay consistent with that path and, and be very disciplined. And that's, felt very similar pregnancy or training. So, uh, I, uh, I was, I was really excited about having the babies. And so there was just so much joy within that process of growing them and seeing the body change. And I got to up to 215 pounds and it was amazing that the body can like stretch and grow and then come back and, uh, be able to be back into my weight class competing at an elite level and have these two beautiful little babies running around that are just spilling joy everywhere. Like they, every little fingerprint is just joyful spilt all over my house, but it's been really special. And, and I think that's helped my mental, my mental state and my mental kind of joy within the sport. Cause sometimes I think I got a little bit too involved of like, Oh, my single leg isn't good enough, or I need to work on my defense here. And I was thinking about that all day long. And I don't have that luxury of being able to think about a single leg when my kid is like having to get their diaper changed and another one's running to the other room and destroying our Tupperware drawer and just, uh, it's fun. It's a busy house right now. And it's also allowing some mental kind of break from wrestling that I don't have to just be worried about it all the time. You're glowing, you know. Oh, they're so fun. I, I can't even <laughs> describe how much they've like made my life better. I wish I would have had them sooner, honestly. I was like, why did I wait? These these little bundles of joy are just so, so beautiful. And their little smiles are, there's nothing like it. Like, especially just seeing your spouse with them, seeing like, I, I mean, it's really, really a joyful experience to be a mom. And there's so much more to come. We have three and, and they're all different and you are in for a tremendous ride. I uh, got to ask, what, what was the most peculiar craving? Um, I didn't really have a lot of cravings. I had a lot of food and like avoidances. I was like, oh, I don't want oh, right, that right, right. Yeah, I think it was more the food aversions that I, my body was just like, mm, maybe, maybe not that in for a few months. <laughs> and so it was, uh, I couldn't eat salads for a long time. Like, oh, I don't no. know if it was just because the bulk of like how big the salad was. And I had these two babies that were pushing on my stomach. So I just felt like I was full all the time. Um, but salad, it took me a really long time to, to work back into my diet and then spicy food. I like loved it for the first month, a few months. And then I got it too spicy and I couldn't eat it for a few months. And I had some people tell me that they, they never got it back. 
Jack. Like they couldn't eat spicy food to wow. this day. And I was so scared because we eat so much <laughs> spicy food, but I'm fine. I can eat spicy food again. And we're slowly building up the baby's tolerances to get curries back into their diet. Well done. Uh, you, you talk about, you know, the individual sport. I, I came from, I played a lot of basketball and, uh, you know, the, the, ex, the experiences we have in high school and college with that whole family, you go to practice, you travel, uh, you know, there's something to that. And yet well, you, you're on a team, but it is very, when you go out there, it's all about you. Yeah, it is. That individual sport piece is really interesting. I, I think, uh, Team sports have an amazing family and camaraderie and teamwork that you you really can't pull from it in another way. But individual sports, it's it's your fault, is how I'd always describe it. It's whether you win or lose, it's your fault, and so you, you have to bring the energy. You have to be the one there, and I think it allows you to be self centered and a little selfish in a good way, where it's you need to go out there and provide that energy and effort because no one can help you. Like no matter what your coach does, no matter what the, the people on the sidelines are doing, like your teammates don't help you in that moment. And, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. I think I, I feel very brave stepping out there alone and going and fighting another human um, and trying to come out on top with, with more points or a pin. And um, it's a, it's a very exhilarating experience. You get a lot of adrenaline rush with it. Uh, just because there is that fight aspect. And then, uh, but the team piece is, is still there. Like we have to train with someone. It's very hard to train wrestling without another partner. And so you're, you're very reliant on your team for that aspect and training motivation weans so often and you have to find ways to get motivated and my teammates motivate me so so well i mean i can't believe how incredible some the the discipline and consistency of some of these women are and just seeing how strong they can get seeing them stumble and come back mentally and physically has been really encouraging for me and watching other women have babies and come back and, and seeing those teammates thriving in the wrestling room and, and watching their bodies be able to do things that they could do pre-baby has really been an inspiration for me to be like, okay, even though my body feels different, even though I don't feel as strong, even though I feel like I'm still healing, even after 360 days, um, it's still an experience to go through and, and know that my body isn't broken, even though it is different but from having multiple babies. And, uh, it's, it's good though. It's good to know that there's that strength is still there. And, and that those teammates that help motivate me to understand that. Uh, so you're a mom and obviously joyous. So how do you become that? Um, I don't want to say angry competitor, but that, how do you bring the fight? It, it, you know, you go off the mat, you go home, you see your, your twins, see your husband, different um, Adeline, and then you come yeah. in and maybe practice you can get through, but when the adrenaline's flowing and it's on, uh, what's the difference? How do you, it's not flipping a switch, but it, it's close. Yeah, and um, the, the, they always describe it as a switch, like when you get into the zone, are you able to like find that that true kind of like openness to go out and wrestle, but there there's more to it. There's the whole entire lead up of mental work and what I'm eating and the travel and, and getting into that space of like preparing myself for battle and, and watching film and doing things that help right. me kind of get into that zone and be able to tap in. But I think having kids has allowed me to work on tuning in and tuning out a lot faster because I can be doing, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. work I'm doing. <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear a noise and you're like, what's happening? And being able to be like, okay, they're safe. They just, 
talk something over and be able to tune back in. And I think that's a skill set that so many of us struggle with. And I know I have to work on it often. And, and they've, they've actually been integrated kind of into my training. Um, we do a lot of meditation work and I have them running around and doing things and I have them crawling on me and being a distraction because that's what they are. They're a distraction. And, and just like you would have a thought or an itch or there would be a siren stop by, um, I work with those distractions and be able to refocus. And I think that refocus is what allows me to do very well on the wrestling mat because I think everybody loses some focus on the wrestling mat and, and on the court, whatever your sport is. Um, but it's the people that are able to refocus faster that are able to really be tuned in and give themselves the best chance to be the best person on that day. So, uh, weight is, is crucial in, in your sport. Uh, you've, you've won at 67, give or take, I don't know exactly the numbers you've won at 75 or 76. Uh, how big, I guess now you're, you're in the higher weight class, right? Pretty much. The, so yes, yeah, so I've been yeah, in the yeah. highest weight class right, for right. a long time. Okay. 76 so it, is that a, is that an issue? Is it making weight an issue? How does that work? Yeah, it's different. I think everyone's experience with birth is a, a, a different path, and it all depends on your metabolism and right. kind of like if you're able to breastfeed or not. If you're naturally drawn to you know eating more or not. Like I know people who, when they get stressed, they eat a lot more, and when they get stressed, they eat a lot less. And so there are stressors when you have children; you don't sleep sure. for months. There was like six months where I did not get a full night's rest of sleep, and I was pumping or breastfeeding every three to four hours. And and when you have that routine, it's very challenging to not or to allow those stress cortisol like levels to drop. And I, um, for me, I ended up burning too many calories and I lost a bit, a little bit too much weight. Um, so I'm trying to work on getting my body a little bit bigger for this, just these next few competitions. And I felt a little bit small. Um, but I, I've also been small in previous competitions, so it's not anything too unusual. Um, I've moved up in several weight classes and I encourage people to find weight classes that they can fit into so they don't have to cut massive Naturally. amounts of yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I get to eat and I get to stay hydrated and I get to focus on wrestling. Um, and so that feels a lot better for my body than having to constantly pride myself and, and you know, be the smallest person in, or the biggest person in the smallest weight class. I, I might not be the biggest person in my weight currently, but I, I do work on um, technically being good enough and, and strong enough for the weight. Well, clearly it's, it's, it's worked. Um, so <laughs> let's talk briefly about Rio. Uh, I mean, you were unbeaten 2014 to 2016. You go into Rio, uh, the quarterfinals, and I'm going to ask you if that was obviously a tremendous motivator for for Tokyo but what what was that whole thing like to to I mean it had to be obviously you can lose to anybody anytime I get that it's the Olympics but how did you handle that I mean it was disappointing it was it's uh such a interesting thing about like wrestling is so hard in the sense that the match isn't over till it's over and it was one point that I wow. strategized that match incorrectly and so I, I, if I could go back and do it again, I would have scored a lot more points and tried <laughs> to, to be in a little bit uh, like better spot at the end of that match. But unfortunately, I kept it too close. And um, But losses happen. Losses happen within wrestling. And it's unfortunate that it happened at the Olympics is how I felt because I, I was kind of, I don't want to say due for a loss, but um, undefeated streaks are exactly. kind of rare within wrestling. And uh, the last undefeated streak that I had had 
was before a world championship and I had had a loss um, right before. And then I went and won the world championships. And so I got caught and it's unfortunate that I didn't come out with a medal because I truly feel like I'm one of the best athletes in that weight class. And uh, on that day, unfortunately, I didn't shine and uh, didn't come home with hardware. Um, and then going into uh, Tokyo, I felt the same way. I'm one of the best athletes in that division. And I went back to back world championships again, undefeated. Um, and was then, it in the uh, back of your mind that what happened in Rio? I mean, anybody who's an athlete knows this is my turn. <laughs> um, I mean, the Olympics are a little different in the sense that they're just so high level of media and they they have a different feel to them. Um, and so, yeah, of course I, but it's, it's not just that loss, it's every loss. And so I, I remember in between the Olympics and world championships, we only had two months and I was beating myself up. It's like, how am I going to get over this loss? So I just lost in the finals of the Olympics. Like, how am I going to get over this? And, and then I thought back to a, a world championship back in like 2013 that I was mad <laughs> that I'm still mad that I lost that match. And so it's, it's, a, it's something that they're just become a part of you. Those losses hurt and they losing doesn't feel good, especially if you're used to being the one to get your hand raised and it becomes consistent for you to win. Um, those losses hurt a little bit. They, they burn, they really do. And so I don't know if it, uh, of course it burns more because there's a lot more to lose at the Olympics, but it's not just that loss that hurts. It's motivating me from that 2013 or that 2011, uh, world championship loss. And those losses just kind of get put into a little basket of I need to improve and I need to move forward from those matches and continue to refine my wrestling so that I can not get it wrong. Uh, tell me about uh, Damaris. Is that uh, your husband's name? Tell me about how, how he helps you. Uh, my husband is a big fan of competitive sports. And so when we met, he uh, had never really gotten to the wrestling world, but became a huge fan once we went to a world championship. And he was like, what is this all about? I love it. Let's do this. And so he is, I mean, he's definitely a big reason why I'm still wrestling is he's been able to structure our lives so that I can continue to wrestle. And he is in the military. And so we move around a bit, but he's been very flexible. It's uh, having a space that I can do my career and I can make this work with our relationship and our family and uh, just motivating me to know that I continue to do great things within my sport. And I have attributes and skill sets that make me very good at wrestling. And so he reminds me of those and, and just gives me room to be me within that, that little circle of uh, me figuring out my confidence and figuring out how to be great at this sport. That's great. Um, as, as husbands should be, uh, that that's a great yeah, support. And also, he, you know, supporter. he has his own path too. <laughs> he, he believes yeah. in me maybe a little too much. He like, doesn't think I should ever lose. And I'm like, okay, I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was interesting. You, you mentioned uh, coming back, you, uh, and your body wasn't right, and, and you had uh, the Kennedy Blades thing, the 10-point mercy. And then I think it was less than two months later, you you came back and you took care of that piece of business. Yeah. So what, I, what was that process no, like? I, you, you just weren't quite ready? I feel like, oh, I was definitely not ready. I would say like I was at 50%. Right, right. <laughs> um, Did you know going in like this is going to be – Interesting. Yeah, I, I hadn't even, there was wrestling positions I hadn't even been in yet. And I had just gotten cleared. So I had had an ab separation from the babies being so big. My uh, right, ab right. tear essentially occurred and I was trying to heal that. And I 
wasn't able to, I thought I was going to be back on the mat back in December and I ended up not really getting back into wrestling until like March. Um, and April was, I believe the, the trial, I'm sorry, the national that I, I lost in the finals, but I for sure knew I wasn't ready. And I, it was, a it was a crazy experience because there was so much growth that had happened from when I had stepped on the mat January 1st to that moment that I was like, wow, there's huge gains that are being made, but I did not feel ready. My feet didn't feel fast. I did not feel, I felt like I was doing really great postpartum. I did not feel great for being really athlete. Right. And I, those are two very right. different okay. scales, like crossing over into feeling like I could push myself and embrace things and, and really strive to be feeling better in different areas. I was still at a moment of being like, okay, don't hurt yourself. Like let's, let's keep dumbing this down. I was still doing things with right. no weight. I was still moving through positions and feeling like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I might tear this and I need to slow down. And so, and when you become a mom, you have to do things slow and gentle. And that's not always been the best attribute that I've had. I'm not always a gentle person. <laughs> I'm a little bit intense and aggressive. And so when I had these babies during pregnancy, I had to slow everything down because I was carrying 50 pounds on my stomach. And then I also had to slow down when the babies were born just because you have to be so delicate with them. And so to transition from this gentle touch to going out and having to be fast and explosive and powerful took some time for my body to remember how to do that for my fast twitch muscle to remember how to do that. And, and I was not prepared for nationals yet, like physically and mentally, I felt like I was still, I was still breastfeeding every few hours. I was still in a place where my body was someone else's tool. Um, and two babies honestly is, a lot to just kind of find a routine <laughs> for sure <laughs> all the moms of multiples they spent years not sleeping i just want you to know that i'm sure i'm sure one baby is very hard but two there's just never a break there's just a, a breath and anyone who has more than two oh my goodness i hope you have multiple hands to help you or you just got you so much <laughs> crying um but it, it did nationals took me uh a, a little bit of an ego check because I knew the only reason I wouldn't go out there to wrestle was because I was afraid of losing and that's okay. I'm okay with a loss when my body doesn't feel like it's at a hundred percent. And I knew that three weeks later I was going to be a lot better. And then three weeks after that, I was going to be even better. And that's exactly the pattern that happened. I competed about three and a half weeks after nationals, which was pretty quick as well. I still didn't feel really, but yeah. I was probably at like 60% um, is where I would rate that at. And I, I wrestled well. I felt like I was able to get into an aggressive stance and I, I was able to execute my points and I was able to get on top and score um, in parterre, which is one of my best areas in wrestling. And then moving forward to the trial against just Kennedy, um, she's talented and she can score points. And I still would only put myself at like 65% by that, by that moment. And so I, you're going to see a lot better wrestling and a lot better Adeline at world championships. And I, I just, just now at a year feel like I'm able to add weight to things and start to put on some size and, and feel big and strong and powerful again. So I, I'm excited that there's two more months of training because I, I need them and I'm looking <laughs> forward to just continuing this path of, of making huge gains because before this moment, I was at such a top level that it's hard to get better. It's, it's, 
filing down a fingernail and sometimes you can't really tell if it was better or not. It's just these tiny, tiny little steps. And so my coach pointed out that on Monday, some days I couldn't do something. And by Friday I was figuring it out and able to do it without pain and do it fluid and with, with weight or power and making that huge jump felt great. Like it was so motivating to step into the gym and be like, okay, I can't do this today, but maybe tomorrow. And then in a week or two be like, okay, I'm doing weighted pull-ups. Cool. I couldn't do a hang, you know, two and a half weeks ago. And so making those massive jumps has felt really good for my, my soul. For sure. Uh, I was going to ask you, take us inside the mind. I I realize we have like six more minutes of 45. I I won't keep you past that. Uh, and we'll have some fun here at the end, but take us into the mind, uh, when you're out there, how much is instinctive, reactive? How much are you actually thinking? I imagine in in the perfect match, it all just flows because you've been there and the mind and the body's all in sync. Uh, I'm doing a lot of mental work beforehand uh, Uh on a bike of visualizing how I would like the match to go. And if my wrestling does what it's supposed to and I'm dictating my pressure and my wrestling out on that wrestling mat, then it, it they only have so many choices to make that I can pressure them into. And then from there, I've worked through those situations pretty well. Um, and so it feels very fluid. Like I've already, like I know where they're going to go before they kind of do. Um, and honestly, my, I, I kind of impressed my coach because we went through how I wanted the matches to go. I was like, okay, she might score a few points because I'm still not moving, you know, as fast. And then I'm going to do this, this, and this and come back and win. And he's like, well, that's what happened in the first match. And then the second match I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a takedown. Um, in the second period, and then I'm going to turn her over and pin her. And then I got that pin in the second period. He was like, this is amazing. He was like, you literally like told yourself what you're going to do and then made it happen. So he wants me to have less points being scored in the <laughs> the mental work next time. So hopefully we don't have as exciting of matches, but it did make for very exciting <laughs> matches at the final X. And Kennedy is a, an amazing competitor who just has athleticism and technique and scores points and is an exciting wrestler to watch. So I'm glad that I was able to give her a good match and so thankful I was good enough to, to come out on top. Now you have a different um, sort of a, a different uh, forum, a different podium spot as being a mother, in addition to being a world-class athlete and a good person. Do you like that? I do. I like this new role as mom. And I, I think a lot of moms don't get the credit that they deserve and uh, the support that they need. I didn't realize how much support you need in that early few months of childcare and just the lack of sleep and what that does to your recovery. And and uh, our system in the United States just isn't set up to have paternity leave to truly support that spouse and to allow that relationship to be fostered. And so I think this platform is important and special because I, I think more people need to speak up and say like, I need some more help and I need some time and I can't do all of it in the house. There's so much that goes into running a house with babies in it. And there's, it's so hard to get anything done <laughs> with babies <laughs> and take right. care of yourself. Right. And so I think uh, this platform can be really important and special for women and single parents that are out there needing more help and just needing a nap, needing someone to come over and do the dishes so they get a break from the bottles. I mean, sanitizing pump supplies is an entire job in itself. And I think there needs a few (laughs) things that 
you just, uh, we need to learn how to speak up and say, can you come over and help for these couple hours so that I can take a nap and get over this little hump of tiredness so that I can be a little bit more efficient. Cause I, I feel like I've been able to be a really good mom because I asked for that help and made it a priority to schedule in my workouts. And, and I know I have it be my job to have fitness be an important piece, but I believe mentally and physically, it's going to be so valuable for women to have that be a space for them. And if I can use this platform to help encourage people to, to help women post having those babies, it would be very, very powerful. And I think helpful for the entire family to just have fitness be a priority and, and enjoy their lives with that, that piece in it. Perfect. And you probably know this, but, you know, in Spain, it's six months maternity leave, four months paternity wow, leave. Yeah. Paid. No, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, my, my husband yeah. was lucky he got three weeks and we were able to break it up. All we, needed right. to, we did one one week every month is what we were able to break it up for. But still, like after a week, he was going back to work. And I, you know, I'm, and I'm grateful we got that because there's a lot of people who don't even get that paternity leave. Um, but it, it's so helpful. I mean, just, I remember the first night that I didn't get up to grab the babies. Like he brought the babies to me. Like I still was in bed breastfeeding them every three hours, but his ability to just bring the babies to me. So I didn't have to stand up and like wake myself up fully. And I was able to fall back asleep in between feeds. I, I woke up the next morning and was like, I feel like a million bucks. I was like, I can't believe how good I feel. Like, you got up four times last night. Like you, you, I think you only slept six hours. I'm like, I feel fantastic. <laughs> um, but that's important. Right. Help is so valuable. And, and it's, uh, it's underrated how important the, the spouse role can play in the recovery and and kind of the the journey that postpartum can have on a woman uh last question before we go and have some fun um motivation uh uh, and i wrote down age because i mean 32 is it's young but all of a sudden you know it seems like it's it's a question you'll get that in the run-up to the worlds and the run-up to the olympics uh it's crazy uh, but it also gives you, I think, a, just from listening to you, gives you a, an advantage because, you know, you're, you're a wily veteran, and I think that's huge. I think I've been able to use a lot of experience and turn that into knowledge and knowledge that is used in very important moments that has benefited me greatly over the last few few tournaments, and I, I anticipate it's going to help me moving forward in the next few tournaments, World Championships, Olympic Trials, the Olympics. I mean, those are major events that I'm going to be able to use that wit um, in my, to my advantage. And and I really feel like this might be my prime. I I, I don't know. I Your 20s, I think you have a lot of different things going on. You're figuring out what every, like where things go. And right now, I feel like I know where things go. I think I know what to be doing and how to do it. And now I, I'm wise enough to choose those workouts that are going to benefit me and not overdo those workouts just because they're there, but also make sure I get those workouts in, um, that I know the baselines and that, and how to, how to strive to be that number one athlete. And I, I have the puzzle pieces to put them together. So I, I just, uh, hope the timing works out and I hope I have enough time because I did, I did shorten my quad by having babies this quad and then coming back really quickly. And it's been a little amazing that the body was able to birth two babies and then come back down and, and learn how to, to be an elite athlete again. So it's still, it's still learning. And I feel like what happened for my last year maybe shouldn't have been possible. <laughs> and I, I wish I would have had a little bit right. more time, but, um, 
I am figuring it out and, and chasing these big goals have allowed a lot of other things to fall into place and allowed my fitness to come back. And I feel like my babies are wonderful and healthy and I'm doing really well and healthy as well. That's testament to how you went into the whole process and, and with the help you've been able to get and asking questions and all those things that go into the whole process. Little side thought, you've also created a, an aura. Uh, you won't say it maybe, or maybe you see it, but when others see you on the mat, when they go out and they know that you, you know, you're you and there's a little bit of an intimidation, may, you know, they're nervous or what, whatever it is. It's an advantage. For sure. I think that there is an advantage to having a, a legacy and being that athlete that you get. I mean, I'm the athlete that if someone beats, they get OW. And so uh, it sucks at times because you get beat and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> I just gave you the OW. That's a bummer. And then they never <laughs> give me the OW because I have this expectation of winning. So hopefully somebody will hand me an OW eventually. <laughs> okay. It's time for this, that, and why. Uh, rather have six world championships or the gold medal? I think I would still rather have six. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, you thought about it. I, I have thought about this, actually, because I've, I've had this question before. <laughs> but I, I think I would trade, um, I would trade two of them. So if I could, if I could get rid of two world championships, I would take an Olympic medal. But the world championships, I mean, I know everyone watches the Olympics, and don't get me wrong, I think the Olympics are great. But the world championships are the hardest tournament. And the year before the Olympics and the year in between are like a year before the Olympics and the, in the, the middle year are the two hardest world championships. Like the, the year after the Olympics, there's a lot of budgets to kind of go down because the Olympics are so expensive and not everybody goes to those world titles, but that following one and the, and the Olympic qualification year are so tough. And if you look at some of those brackets, like it is amazing to see 40, 40 people in a bracket sometimes. And that is a tough tournament to make it through. And it feels really good to know that I've wrestled in the toughest competitions and come out on top. And I have been able to stand on that podium six times and know that I am the best in the world at something. And it's been truly special to feel that. And so I, I, I don't think I could trade all six titles, even for one Olympic gold. Um, it just doesn't feel like it would be the same career uh, for me. And so I, I uh, hope I can earn that Olympic gold in a separate way. And then I don't have to, I don't have to use any of my titles up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Messi or Ronaldo? Ooh, I'm going to say Messi just because he's going to, he's coming to Miami and I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't go yeah, wrong either no, way. Uh, would you rather bun bungee jump off the Eiffel Tower or count all the rooms in the Palace of Versailles. I think count all the rooms in Versailles. I, I don't think bungee jumping sounds like something I would want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. And the last one, to determine who does a nasty family chore, wrestle Damaris or flip a coin? Um, I think I flip a coin. Really? Yeah. I unfortunately my that's 50 that's 50 50 yeah that one right. <laughs> the problem is I've taught Demaris enough defense um that he's big and strong <laughs> so when we first started dating I could use some technique and and get him off balance and get him moving um but now I've showed him that you could push the head down and I, I end up with my face up now when I try to uh try to wrestle him now so I I, I made a mistake by teaching him too much <laughs> <laughs> well that's great um uh, 
this has been a blast. Uh, it's so so nice to talk to you and to to feed off of your enthusiasm. And uh, you know, again, I've had I've had three kids, and uh, I, I'm just so happy for Thank you because I can just see I can oh, see it. And oh, uh, the, to be able to come home after a workout, whatever it is, when you come home, it doesn't matter what happened. It's it's all about it that. Is. Yeah, they have a way of making it about them. <laughs> And yes, you want it to of be. course. It's like so fun to see their smiling faces and them learning. And I just uh, the little milestones are amazing to go through. For sure. Well, thank you for joining us on uh, this Olympics.com podcast. And Adeline, uh, best of luck. We'll be following you uh, right up, uh, hopefully. to Thank you. And I hope everyone can follow my journey. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Adeline Gray, just my name. Um, I just started following you on oh, on, on Twitter. So Great. yeah, it's <laughs> going to be an exciting year. This Olympic qualification and then into Paris, like it's it's going to be a cool spot, and and to have the twins kind of be there for all the travel and all the experiences along with it is is a is a joy and a privilege that I'm really looking forward to. This is the Olympics.com podcast. What an incredible Olympian and mom. She also has a master's degree in business project management. Not to mention, Adeline is also the first female wrestler to have her own signature shoe. As for the Paris 2024 women's qualifiers, first phase 2023 world championships in September in Belgrade, second phase 2024 continental qualifiers in Acapulco, Mexico, third phase, final phase 2024 world qualification tournament the two highest ranked in each weight class will qualify for Paris 2024. There's more intriguing content on wrestling right here for the clicking. Search our platform for, among other great wrestling assets, Rulon. Five Rings Films presents the incredible story of stunning gold medal winner Rulon Gardner. Shakti, India's superwoman, Sakshi Malik, the wrestling star defying stereotypes in India. And Sports Swap, Rugby Sevens versus Wrestling with Sam Cross and Sophia Matson. Can a female wrestler bring down a 100-kilogram Rugby Sevens champion? I bet she can. That's it for this episode of the Olympics.com podcast. Hit us up at Olympics with any feedback you might have. Also, if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, let us know. We love the feedback. It helps us to get better. You can also hit me up on my Twitter, at TK Sports Tweets. We'll see you next time. For more in-depth and original Olympics-related feature content, search our platforms here on Olympics.com.